Hello everyone, welcome to By the Water, with me, your host, James G. I hope that this podcast and this episode on this Wednesday finds you doing well and then are in good health and good spirits. Before we get started, I would like to let people know you can reach me and follow me over on Twitter at James-G, all lowercase, J-A-M-E-S dash and then the letter G at Twitter. If you would like to say hello, suggest a topic of discussion, be a part of a discussion with me here on By the Water. And also, too, if you do not have my contact information and you would like to be invited to our Sunday evening Bible study slash church gathering over on the app, social media app called Clubhouse. Um, We've had two gatherings so far. They've been very good, very well received, and a lot of good biblical discussion. And starting tonight on Clubhouse, I will be hosting a prayer room. Uh, This will be taking place at 7 p.m. Central. So 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 East, and 6 Mountain. So if you are wanting to have prayer or would like to come and pray, or if you have a praise report, I would love to have you come to this as well. Um, But uh, sorry I missed last week's podcast. I took an off week just to kind of pray and prep for what I'm doing on other social media to reach people and to be possibly the only Jesus to somebody that might not be able to hear the gospel in other forms or means. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer. And today we're going to be looking at some scriptures uh, in the Bible promise. This is a book that has got all of God's promises gathered in one place. It's uh, through the King James Version. And uh, we've been looking at this book for the last several weeks and will continue to uh, do so and move forward with them unless God uh, leads and guides me to discuss or talk about something different. But today, we're going to talk about self-denial. Denying oneself for the kingdom of God and what that might look like. And sometimes how we don't want to do that because we have our own agenda of things that we want to do for ourselves. So we'll take a look at what God has to say in his word about self-denial. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come today to hear what your word has to say, to have your Holy Spirit speak to us. And over these next few moments that we spend, help us to not be distracted by the things around us, things of the world, what we're doing in the next hour, what we're doing for dinner tonight, whatever it might be. But help us to have the spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual ears to hear, and a softened heart open and willing to accept what your word has for us today. And I ask, Lord God, that I would step out of the way 
I am just the instrument and the tool, the mouthpiece that delivers what your word says. So I ask that your spirit would work through me. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so. Self-denial. Let's see what our first verse is for that exact topic. And that will be found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Matthew 16, 24 through verse 26. And it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whatsoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So I'll read that again because that's a couple of strong verses there and they're kind of lengthy. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. So before you can do anything for the kingdom of God, you have to die self. To die yourself, deny yourself. Old is gone, the new you has been risen when you were raised from baptism and so you have to give up yourself, all of you, not parts of you. All of you has to be given up in order to follow Christ, to pick up that cross and to carry that cross and to follow Jesus. And any man will come... Uh, sorry, hold on. And take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So, if you don't deny yourself, you don't give your life up, you don't die out to yourself daily and give your life to God, it's meaningless. What are you going to do with your life? For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So... Are you willing to keep your worldly possessions? Are you willing to have your own motive and agenda and put yourself first and take that risk 
of eternal damnation? Or do you want eternal life? Do you want your soul to be with God? Do you want to be resurrected and live with Christ forever? That's got to be a decision only you and the Lord can discuss and pray about. But as long as you have breath in you, today is the day for salvation. Don't let it pass you by. Because when life on earth here starts and comes to its end, you think you've had suffering before. I'm sorry to say, my brother, my sister, my friends, suffering has just begun once you've died from this life if you do not know God. Let's see, our next verse will be from Romans 8, 12 through 13. Romans 8, 12 through 13. And it says... Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not Sorry, taking a second. <laughs> Let me just reread it so I can turn the page better. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to flesh to live after the flesh for if ye live after the flesh ye shall die but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live okay that's kind of a little Hard verse, so let me reread it. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So I'm going to say that anything that you do of your flesh, you will die. But whatever you do by the Spirit is what matters and what's going to count on the day of judgment, on the day that you are before God and are going to be held accountable for the actions that you've done. So anything done through the flesh or by the flesh is bad, is nothing. But if you give that up 
and you do things by the Spirit, then that's what's going to count and what's going to matter. And, you know, Paul puts up good arguments in Romans and other books that he's written from the New Testament about doing the things I want to do, I don't do, or I am unable to do in the Spirit because of my flesh and vice versa. And it can kind of get a little deep, a little confusing, and kind of tricky. At least I do. Sometimes I have struggles when I read certain things that Paul writes. And I hope and know that I'm not the only one. Because it can be confusing. But whatever you do in the flesh on this earth, in this life that you've been given, in the short time span that we have, realistically, if you think about it, is garbage, is, is trash, is nothing. But whatever you do for the kingdom of God by spirit, by getting the gospel out, sharing the gospel, leading people to Christ with gentleness, love, and humility, of course. Not shoving the gospel down their throat or screaming or preaching at them hellfire and brimstone. But whatever you do in God's kingdom while on earth, that is what's going to make a difference. That's what's going to matter the most. That's what's going to last. And that's what God's going to remember you for, for doing those things. Our next verse is going to come from Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Titus 2, chapter 2, sorry, uh, verses 11 and 12. And it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in the present world so I'll read that again for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So all men have been and will be given the opportunity to know Christ. Will they accept it? No. Do you hope and pray that a family member, a friend, a fellow co-worker, another student at your school comes to know the Lord, absolutely, with all 100% certainty, you want to have those people come to know the Lord. How do they know about God? Well, the beauty, His creation, the Bible, by you sharing to them, if you love that person enough, then you truly care about that person 
than you need or should be sharing the gospel, no matter how uncomfortable it might make you feel. But if we don't share the gospel to people, even strangers, then we're saying we don't love people, is what we're honestly saying, bottom line, is if you don't share the gospel with somebody, you don't love them. And for me, that's hard because I have a wonderful friend who's been my best friend going on 24 years this year. He thinks he knows the Lord. He thinks that he has that personal walk. But the path that him and his entire family for generations have been following and taking isn't the path. And we've had discussions. It's difficult. But difficult is good because it grows us and proves our faith and genuineness to our Lord when we are uncomfortable. Our walk in the Lord is not meant to be comfortable all the time. It's meant to be difficult, paved with obstacles, and it's up to you and me how we handle each and every one of those that comes in our path. So if you love somebody today, please be uncomfortable. Step outside of your box and give that gospel that is so desperately needed to be heard. Um, Our next verse will be from... Matthew chapter 5, verse... 39 through 41. Matthew chapter 5, verses 39 through 41. And it says, But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. So again, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy cheek, i sorry, on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. So, how many times have you turned your cheek to somebody when they've done you wrong? Doesn't mean a physical slap to your face. But maybe you thought they were your friend. And they ended up talking about you behind your back. 
gossiping about you, saying awful things about you that weren't true, but they wanted to do it for some reason, maybe to make themselves feel better. Have you forgiven them? Have you turned the other cheek? It's not easy, is it? Because our first instinct, our natural instinct, our human instinct, not our godly, wants to lash out in defense, to strike back. Especially if they're talking about not you, but about somebody you know and care and love. How many times do you turn the cheek before you say enough is enough and you walk away and give up on them? I don't think we're to ever give up on somebody, but I think it's okay for us after a while if it continues and we've done everything we can and done everything possible from a biblical point of view to distance yourself from that person, not cut them out of your life, necessarily all the way but to distance yourself and to still love them so let's face it if we're honest it's much easier for us to love people in our lives that love us back right it's much easier to have conversation with people that are there to uplift to encourage and to love you in return but we have to love those who we've turned a cheek to because if we love God and we are his children, his sons and daughters, then we are to be obedient even to that. Go the extra mile for that person. They might not deserve it, but go the extra mile for them anyway. Our next verse is going to be found in Luke 18, chapter 18, verse 29 and 30. Luke 18, verses 29 and 30. And it says, And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, and in the world to come, life everlasting." Sorry for the siren coming by. No, they're not coming for me. At least not today. But. Again, it says, And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold 
shall in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. So whatever you are leaving behind, whether it's a family member, a friend, whatever the situation may be, and you give that up and you follow Christ, you will get and receive everlasting life to be in the kingdom of God, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, to praise him, to glorify him. And hopefully those people that have been left behind will eventually come to know the Lord and you'll see them again. And our final verse today for self-denial is going to be found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Galatians 5, 24. And it says, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Again, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So, when you're alive and new in Christ, you crucify your old self. Again, like I said, when you are born again, a new creature and baptized as you are going under and being submerged in water. That represents a couple of things. That represents your old life, your old sin, your old you, dying, being crucified to Christ, and being raised with him when you come up from the water. Not only are those things that were your past gone and you turn from them and start new you're also showing other people your commitment and your faith and your genuineness and your relationship to God sometimes that's hard because it might take quite a bit of effort on our part to let them see that you've changed because they're so used to the old you of how you were but stick with them don't give up on them if you truly have been new in Christ, they will see the light that's in you now. Well, this concludes this podcast and this episode of By the Water with me, James G. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be able to bring the gospel to you, to share it with you, to find ways to to show you how we can apply it to our life today. Again, you can follow me over on Twitter at James-G, J-A-M-E-S-G, the letter, at Twitter. If you want to be part of our prayer group this evening and you do not have Clubhouse and you do not have my contact, reach out to me 
over on Twitter, and I will get that information to you as to how you become a member of Clubhouse. Join us this coming Sunday at 7.30 Central for The Cornerstones, the name of the group, the Bible study in church. We'd love to have you there. I want to go ahead and close this out in prayer, and I hope that you have a wonderful and blessed rest of your week. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had together to come to listen to your word, to apply your word to our lives, and to show and share it with those around us. And Lord, as I present your word, it's not just for them to hear, but it's also for me to apply to my life too. So as I'm teaching it, I'm learning it as well, Lord, and I thank you for the opportunity for that. I pray that this podcast, Lord, always glorifies you. Nothing that I do, I don't want credit for it. I want you to have the credit and the glory and the honor for this way of reaching those around the globe that need to hear you. I ask these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.